Coming to you from the City of Roses, this is the broadcast by Last Professionals and for Last Professionals. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Or really, it's just me today. Today, Tessa is actually a little busy. She, I don't know if you guys know, but she is now consulting three days a week for a beauty company and then working three days in the salon, taking care of clients. So we still do the podcast, but because we also try to do two podcasts a week now, you're going to get sometimes episodes, these shorter ones with me. Sometimes it's focused on business and things that you need to know for your business. So we are today going to be talking about really the five enemies of unity in your salon. So if you have a salon or you're thinking about having a salon, you need to know about these. We actually got this, and I want to give a shout out to Entree Leadership. It's someone that I have coached under, and I really believe in what they're doing for, to help just small businesses all over the United States, but they can't had this. And I learned this maybe five, six years ago. And it's something I want to share with you guys. Cause I really think this is something you need to hear, especially if you're looking to build a team and it doesn't matter what you build it. If you have a product line, you have a training program, you have a salon. If you don't handle these things, right, they will destroy your company from within. But before we do that, a couple quick announcements. First, I want to give a shout out to Stacy Lash. They were one of our sponsors at LashCon, and they want you guys to know about a couple things. First, they are going to start sponsoring teaching programs. So if you have some sort of training program that you do online or in person, they would love to talk to you about possibly sponsoring you and providing you products for at wholesale prices. Also, they're looking for salons to work with to provide wholesale prices. So if this is something that you are thinking about or are currently doing, you will need to reach out to them and you can find out what the pricing is, what their programs are, and hopefully something can match up there and they might be a great provider for you for product. Secondly, guys, they are also just in general looking for basically people to be a distributor of their product line. And of course, that will come with great pricing for you. And it's not just lashes, though. They have also now a skincare line called OSEQ. I'm going to say, I'm sure I'm saying it wrong. It's O-S-E-Q-U-E. It's a Korean brand, basically beauty product. And if you know anything about Korea, obviously beauty and Korea go hand in hand. They make great products. And Stacey Lash is now also selling that. So you have basically a skincare line and a lash care line. And if you are looking to be a distributor in the United States and you don't want to go through all the hassle to develop all yourself and all the expense, well, Stacy Lash has a real turnkey solution for you so you can contact them and see how you can become a distributor. There's three ways you can reach out to them. The best probably is going to be through email, support at stacylash.com. You can also DM them on Instagram, Stacy Lash Store, or on Facebook, Stacy Lash USA. So hopefully that helps you guys get a little idea of what they're doing. And uh, we really love them. They were a great supporter, a great sponsor, and we hope to have them again at this upcoming LashCon. Last thing to talk about is our... Apple Podcast review promotion we have. If you write a review on Apple Podcasts and you post it and then you email it to me at paul at lashcastpodcast.com, you'll be entered into for a $200 gift card drawing from Amazon. So go do that today. In fact, pause the podcast and go do that and give us that review. We really appreciate guys. We're really doing a lot more with our podcast now with two episodes a week, trying our best to serve our greater community and we have even more stuff coming, but that's it for now. If you can do that, that really would be wonderful. And we really, I'll come and give you a hug next time we see you last God. All right. Now let's talk about the five enemies of unity. These things guys will kill your business. And I, some of them might be really obvious, but they're really difficult to work through. So the first one 
is the failure to communicate. Now, when we first all in the business, we all think we're amazing communicators. We just say, oh, I'm, in fact, I hired all my best friends and we're all buddies and it's all great and it's all going to be fun and we laugh and we joke. And every salon owner I ever talked to after a year or two goes, wow, you know what? Those people that were my friends, they weren't so friendly after a while. Something happened. And I'm going to tell you probably a big part of it. I mean, obviously, if they were the friends, relationship changes and something that can create tension. But really what happens often is you don't have systems in place on how to communicate. And really having those systems will help make sure you uh, avoid assumptions, avoid miscommunication or basically people not really touching base and just working on their own. All of a sudden, you know, six months later, you're like working on totally different things. So here's the thing. When we had our business, we had many points of contact. And the first one that we, I did weekly, and this is something you really, if you have any staff, even one, at least once a week, stop by and say, hey, how's it going? How can I help you? If you've heard me talk before, my number one job in my position or our company was not actually to help make sure we sold a lot of stuff to clients and we made a lot of money. That was not my number one job. My number one job was to make my team's life better every week. And that varied. It just depends. I had to be listening. I had to be talking to them. And we changed our company over the 13 years. It went from me sending memos as a way to communicate which, by the way, don't do that. Memos suck. No one reads them either. If you, we had this idea where we put a memo on the wall and we say, hey, read it and sign it. Because we thought, well, if they sign it, that means they read No, no, they don't read it, guys. They just sign it and move on. No one wants to read a memo. Memos are horrible ways to communicate. And, but we went from that to where we really did a lot more. So that weekly check-in, hey, how are you doing? In our case, you don't have to ask. In a lot of businesses, we say, what are you working on and what can I help you with or where are you struggling? Obviously, when we're doing lashes, we always know. You're doing lashes, so I don't have to ask that question. But how are you doing? How can I help you? Are you experiencing any troubles? Like maybe they had a bad client. Maybe they are having some problems with retention. Maybe they're struggling with their tools. You know, Maybe their chair is not comfortable. Whatever it is, my job is to check in with them and make sure that they are okay. So, that's the first area of communication. Then the second thing I would do every month is we had a one-on-one. And that's a scheduled 10 to 15-minute meeting. It's in the books. It's in their schedule. So they know at least once a month they're going to get time to sit down with me. Or as in the last couple of years, we actually had managers, other staff that helped manage. So we'd break up the team and have two people doing it just so that – the idea was to have a lot more connecting points and a lot more people and leadership so that they had you know, a chance to grow themselves. So we wanted to have other people do it. But that said, we always made sure that everyone had a 10 to 15-minute appointment to talk. And just, it could be about anything. A lot of times we sit down and go, how's it going? Anything going on? I'm like, nah, no, nah, everything's cool. I'm happy. My clients are happy. I feel like I'm doing good. I like where we're going. Cool. But then there were other times where, man, you know what? That was her time where they could sit down and go, I am really dissatisfied. This isn't working. Or, by the way, for as management, when we had set personal goals for each of our team, that's the time when I could sit down with them and go, hey, how's this goal going? Hey, I noticed you were always late. I noticed, again, this last week you were late three times. What's going on? So you really communicate and you make sure you have that. And by the way, the really big thing, do not, do not ever cancel this or blow it off as it's not important. We did that at some points, and I found out later, it was so hugely discouraging for people. They just really 
felt like I didn't care, that they weren't important. And it was like all the opposite things I wanted to communicate, which is what why communication is there, right? You want to communicate, you care, that you love someone, that you really want to help them. And then you blow it off and you do the exact opposite. And I found that that often could have been, uh, was actually a big pain point for people if I ever did that. So do not schedule these and then blow them off. They are so important. I know you're going, well, every time it says, hey, how are you doing? They're like, it's cool. And it's like, it's only 10 minutes. Who cares? We can just, we'll pick it up at some other point. And not, not really. It's, it's at some point it's, it you just forget or you move on or you just say, oh, we'll just do it next month. And that's not as a boss or as a manager or as a leader. That's not the type of stuff you want to communicate. Now, we also did reviews. I'm not going to go into that. That's something we'll have to go into more in depth. Uh, every three months, we sit down and we would do a review. And that review was not once a year because really, I know a lot of people talk about doing once a year reviews. Truth is, what if someone's not performing well and you're going to wait 12 months to tell them they're not performing well? You really don't want 12 months to go between every time you let them know how they're doing. Besides, it's really encouraging for your team to hear from you every few months like, hey, I love what you're doing here. Oh, this is cool. Thank you so much for that. And they, you know, really deep down because everyone wants to do a good job. They'll let them know what they can do, what they can improve. Even if it's a little difficult, those type of conversations help build trust and help people plan for the future and help them really do better as opposed to just guessing. And by the way, most salons I know don't do reviews once a year. When I talk to owners again, they're like, what? Oh, that? I want to do that. but And that's something we'll have to talk about because reviews are really, really important if you have a team. And just imagine for you, when you worked for a company, did you not ever want to hear from management on how you were doing? you just like, oh, leave me alone? No, you want to make sure if you're doing a good job, you're getting kudos, and if you're off the mark, you also want to know because I know if you're listening to this podcast, you're one of those people who want to do great work. So that's the next thing. So failure to communicate is a big thing. There's more stuff you can do, but for now, let's go to the next one. Lack of shared purpose. Now, this is one that I think really does relate well to the basis salon world because what happens is a lot of people have, are doing two things that really do not create shared purpose. And that is one, they're either commission. And if you're commissioned, you know that you're all working for yourself really in the end. You're all building your own clientele. You're only paid when you have a client in your chair. And this is why also, you know, you're not going to want to share with client, other team members. You're not going to want to do the front desk lashes because you're not getting paid when you do them, right? It's all about you building up your following and building up your wait list. That's what commission is. But when the other one that's not right either won't work either very well for shared purposes when you are a booth rental. When you're booth rental, you're really, as an owner, you're a landlord. You're just collecting a check from everyone and paying the rent, and they're on their own. They have to do everything, right? If you're a booth rail, they're providing their own supplies, they're providing their own lashes, and they're doing you know, everything from how they do the payments themselves Everything, insurance, so forth, because you're a booth rental. Now, if you're, by the way, if you're not doing that, we can talk about that later in another episode where we clarify what is the difference between booth rental, commission, and let's say hourly or team-based like we have, which is not hourly. It's a little bit more than that. So you have problems innate within the system when you are building something that's for commission or booth rental. And the really, for us, we say the best way, when you really want to have a shared purpose, team-based culture or team-based pay really helps you do that. And you got to listen to one of our episodes if you want to hear about that in more detail. But that all said, you really do need to have a shared purpose and you need to have, sit down and communicate that purpose. And for us, we did that once a month with a team meeting. We, our team meetings were long. They were three hours, but they weren't boring because we provided food. The first hour was like giving out prizes and money and stuff like that and celebrating birthdays and anniversaries. And then the second hour 
was always about really going over like learning something new, like going over details or reviewing new programs or having the team explain things that we're going to change in the company. And then the last hour was always more towards purpose, vision. Where are we going? What are we trying to accomplish? The big picture. And for us in our salon, before we had closed it, we had this dream that one day, no, I mean, first off, of course, the first thing was our shared purpose was to empower and make women feel beautiful, right? That was, and look, I should look beautiful, right? Make them look beautiful and feel empowered. That was kind of our main purpose. But we also had a bigger picture where we were hoping, because we'd been to Cambodia, Tess and I, a couple of times, and we really seen it over there, how, what it's like. And we worked with this NGO when we were over there, and I was shooting video and was helping to bring awareness to the situation to help so we can bring more funds and help to the region, because Cambodia has, has such a bad go of in the 20th century. So we basically had a heart for Cambodia, and we thought, wouldn't it be cool one day to go back and build a company out there that supports mainly women? because that's who really take these type of jobs. And so to help women build businesses or help them to find jobs that pay well, that would help them do lashes and stuff like that. There are a lot of places in Asia already happening, but not in Cambodia. And we thought it would be really cool one day to build a business out there and help support women in Cambodia. Now that never happened because we closed the salon. And so we've made some changes, but we had shared that purpose with our team and our team loved it. It was actually exciting for them to think every day when I'm coming here, not only helping women here in you know Southern California look feel beautiful or feel powerful and to feel better about themselves and to be heard and loved and cared for, but also we are building towards a dream in Cambodia. So that was our shared purpose, and it really gave us something that we could work towards. And we talked about this stuff not just once every three years. It was something that we really began to talk more and more about because you really need to communicate that purpose over and over if you really want it to happen. Now, if you don't have that shared purpose, which is why it's difficult when you have like a booth round because you're not really building the company. You're just building your own business because your plan is, hey, if I find a better deal down the street, I'll go down there and work there. I'm not building a company. I'm just building my business. And same thing with commission. I'm just building my business. I don't care if Sally across the hall from me is not busy. It doesn't affect me. My pay is only built upon what I do myself. While if you're building a company, that is like what I say team-based, you're actually all going to do better as the company does better. Your pay raise is actually dependent on the person that's next to you or in the room next to you because you all need to be busy for the company to make enough money to give everyone pay raises so it truly lifts everyone up in the whole company and you actually, again, have a little bit more of a shared purpose. So that's number two. Number three, and this one I think is so obvious, gossip. Gossip will kill your company. If you let gossip thrive in your company, it will kill you. That's one of the things that happened with us in the early years for sure. And even in the middle years and in the end, I think that's really what kind of was the root that grew up and helped undermine us was that we allowed gossip to continue to thrive. And we really started telling people, look, if you have a problem, if you have a problem, go talk to the person who you have the problem with. Don't tell your friends. Don't tell anyone else. Even if it came to me at first, I'd be like, have you talked to that person yet? And they'd be like, no, I haven't. Said, well, why don't you first go talk to them about this problem? Because they're the ones that can actually solve that problem for you. And that's really what we need to encourage more and more in the salon. Salons are so known, right? We're so known for gossip. We're so known for drama. We're so known for these things that just undermine relationships and hurt people. I, we shared this in a post on Instagram recently, but basically when Clayball said this to us in a podcast, so if you listen to that from last year, he said that gossip is verbal violence. 
Think about verbal violence. I mean, in the last four or five years in this country, have been so difficult, right? It's been so painful. There's so many people been hurting each other, saying horrible things to each other. But gossip has been, you know, we've been doing this for a long time in the salons. Gossip is like reign supreme. It's like we love gossip. And it really, really hurts people. It is verbal violence. If you can't say it to the person to their face, then why are you telling someone else about that person to someone else. It doesn't solve the problem. It only makes it worse. It just gets more people all worked up. When you have a problem, you need to talk to the person you have the problem with. We had this rule, and I found it's very hard to enforce. We basically finally add this to a fireable fence. Like, obviously, if you were violent, if you stole, you know, if you, you know, really hurt someone in some way, those would all be fireable fences, and gossip definitely falls into that. My problem is, as a manager, as an owner of the company, No one came to me and said, hey, Paul, I was just gossiping in the hall the other day. No one's going to tell me that. As much as I wish I knew when people are gossiping, I'd have to be eavesdropping, which would be another issue, right? So can't be doing that. So while, yes, it was a firewall offense, it was really hard to enforce it. It really has to become a thing that the team grabs onto and believes in. Like if someone is in the room and they're in the back in the break room, let's say two people and someone else walks in and then they start talking about someone else who's not there. Someone in that group needs to go, hey guys, you know what? This isn't cool. This is not right. What would you feel like right now if we were talking about you when you weren't here? Let's not do that. Let's, let's get out of this habit of talking about other people when they're not present. Let's respect and show real care for each other and protect this company because we all know if we allow this to grow, it will destroy the company. And this is the type of thing where through communication, you can build this type of culture. It does not happen by itself. People naturally default to their worst settings. They do not default to being kind and nice and a lot. You have to kind of encourage that and reward it. And then over time, it becomes more normal and acceptable. But if you don't train or you don't share this expectation, I always say people go to their lowest level training. So if you never discuss gossip, guess what? People will gossip. They will just do it anyways. Even if you talk about it, they might still do it. But at least you can start training and then rewarding the right behaviors and seeing things change. Next thing that will destroy your unity in your company is unresolved disagreements. This is huge, guys. And I think everyone wants to hear this. Go, of course. Why? Yeah, duh. Like if you don't resolve something, it's going to completely destroy you. Good example from us. When we ended up firing a certain employee, you know, four years ago, wherever it was now, we basically had a disagreement about vacation pay. And this person had said, hey, you know what? Um, you owe me some vacation pay because, you know, it was in her paycheck. And I thought because we had paid, it was May, and I've talked about this in the past. It was May, beginning of May, it had been four months into the year. I had already paid her for four vacation days. She had 10 total. I already paid her for four. So I prorated. said, so, well, it's four months, four days. So she's easily gotten her prorated amount of vacation pay. Not knowing labor law that if it's in the paycheck and it says you have six more days, I owe it to her, even if she's laid off or fired. doesn't matter. I have to pay her. So she said, well, we need to work this out. And I was like, there's nothing to work out. Just, you know, take a hike. You know, unfortunately, things aren't working out anymore. You know, it's been a nice run, but it's just, you know, she was not working well with us and we weren't with her. And I'd rather have someone move on than just keep trying to, you know, we had been trying for like a month or two to work it out. It just wasn't going to happen. So it was time for her to move on. But that was an unresolved disagreement because I, what I should have done is gone to my HR lawyer and say, hey, I heard this. She wants this. I don't think she deserves it. And the lawyer would have been like, uh, actually, you owe her for that. And I would have come back to her and said, hey, you know what? Good news for you. Here's your paycheck. I'm going to pay a 1000 bucks. whatever it would have been. And you know what? She would have been fine. She would have moved on. But what happened? I didn't do that. She got upset. 
And then they went and filed a lawsuit about a lot of other stuff. But that was what started it all, that unresolved disagreement. And that happens in much smaller ways, and that's how you break trust with your team. If you are basically talking to the team and you have a disagreement and you can't find, does that always mean you have to be like, oh, we're 100% on the same page? No, no, no. But they can see your point, and you've also, I would say, argued your point and show the reasons behind it and explain and said, this is why we're going to do this from now on the company. They may not be all happy about it, but at least there is a resolution there because you've shown the respect and kindness to actually walk them through it. And they have to go, oh, I see what you're doing. Okay. Now, by the way, if they are like, that sucks, I will never support that. Like, let's say we're selling product now and everyone at the end of the thing has to make a recommendation. And that person goes, well, I'm never going to do that because that's not how I work. Guess what? That's unresolved disagreement. And by the way, it's going to end bad. That person shouldn't be working for you anymore. Because they're not supporting your company. You can't be like, hey, everyone, everyone but Sally is allowed to follow the rules and, or the expectations in this company. Everyone else has to still sell. But Sally, she came to me and said she didn't agree with it and she's not going to do it. And we were like, okay, Sally, whatever you want, we'll let you do it. That happens, by the way, all the time in companies. And that's the type of stuff that really uh, breaks down the team ne- um, network or connections, right? It's the uh, trust goes away. So you need to make sure that when you have something happen with someone, when you have a difficult conversation, you need to resolve it quickly and decisively. Do not let just continue on because, oh, I'm afraid I might hurt their feelings. Oh, it's going to be difficult. If you are a leader, you need to have difficult conversations. That's just part of your job description. You invited that when you said, you know what? I'm going to have a team and I'm going to lead this team. All right, guess what, guys? You have to hold your team accountable. You have to have difficult conversations. There's a lot of things that come with that title that aren't a lot of fun for a lot of us because we're people pleasers, right? We got in the beauty industry because we love people. We love serving. We love helping others. And then all of a sudden you become a leader because you hired someone and now you're like, oh crap, I have to have that difficult conversation. I have to work to resolve this. I have to hold them accountable. It's not a lot of fun for a lot of people. And that's why sometimes when I'm talking to someone, I go, no, I don't think you're really the right fit to be running a salon. That's not your DNA. Maybe you should get someone else to help you who has that. Or maybe you should go back to solo and let everyone do their own thing. You know, you, in the end, life's too short to be miserable doing things you hate and that you're not good at, right? So anyhow, I'm going down the tangent on that one. So unresolved disagreements. So what's the last one? The last one is sanctioned incompetence. And boy, oh boy, did I sometimes sanction incompetence, especially in the early years of our company when we had no idea what we were doing. And by the way, that's on me. That's not the employee's fault. If I bring someone in who isn't the right fit and I can't sense that from the interview because my interview process maybe is weak, that's something else we're going to talk about eventually is like you need to really hire correctly and know how to hire. And when you hire wrong, it's not the employee's fault. It's the manager or the boss's fault or the owner's fault because you should have been able to decipher certain things. Say, you know what? I like you. You're a good person, but I don't think you're the right fit for this company. So I'm going to pass on you. And that's not an insult. That's just you're trying to find the right people. But what happens is you bring someone into the company and they aren't working out, right? They're not. Maybe they're always late. Maybe they don't, their work isn't very good. Maybe they are socially awkward and don't get along with other people. Whatever it is that you need them to do, they can't meet the bare minimum requirement for that job. And so you just let them stay on because, well, they need the job. And, you know, I like them. They're sweet. Maybe they're someone's friend or sibling or maybe some, you know, whatever it is. There's some sort of heartfelt connection to that person. But the problem is when you sanction incompetence, the team is watching. They're looking like, really? That person? I just saw her work. It was horrible. And you are going to allow her to stay on the team? We struggle with this all the time. 
we really had a hard time. We, when we hired people, we would fall in love with them, and we liked them, and we really want to help them. And it really sucks at some point to go, you know what? This isn't working, and we just need to part ways. We had a thing where we hired people. They would come on and train for two to three months. Actually, we got better with training, and also I think our selection process got better as we towards the end, of the, before we closed our salon. So maybe it would take one to two months to get someone on the floor. But in the old days, it would be two to three months. And basically, we had some people that would take, I remember we had one or two that I think that took four, five months, six months, and we'd be training them and paying them at a lower level, and they wouldn't be charging really full price, like half price or one-third price during that training period for models and such. And so we weren't making money. We were totally losing money during that time. But we didn't want to let them down because, you know, they were so nice, and we really were hoping that they would get on board, and we really could use the help because finding people was very difficult. So we really liked someone. We didn't want to let them down, so we would hold on to them many times too long. And the team would see that, and I think that really broke trust. They'd be like, wow, you guys, you really don't have any standards, do you, Paul Tuss? You guys are letting us down. You're letting the team down. When you sanction incompetence, everyone around you just looks and goes, man, I'm cracking, I'm busting my butt, doing everything I can to make this into a great company. And then Paul just brings in people who he likes, but he doesn't really know how to get them up to the same standards that we are. And that now hurts us. So my, I can't have my clients go to that person because I know that they're not going to do good work or they're not going to be socially uh, able to handle it, or they don't get along with others, whatever it is, the incompetence that I am sanctioning. And that was something that we really struggled with. And it's something that I know that most salon owners I talk to do because we are we tend to be nice people. I know there's some people who go look at salon owners. No, they're not. They're just out for making money. Guys, I assure you, every salon owner I've talked to, money is not the first thing on their mind when they have a salon. That's usually the second or third thing. Usually they're just trying to find a way to help people build up their community and do something because they kind of just fell into it. They got busy one day and thought the next step they should do is hire someone. That's just what you do. And so now they're trying to take care of the team and really make them happy and serve them. And then in that process, things sometimes can go south. But anyhow, that said, sanction incompetence is definitely a problem that you really need to address. Do not do that. I promise you if you do, your team will begin to break apart and not trust you. And they will turn on you because if you're not doing your job, then they will look elsewhere. And they may not get mean about it, by the way. They may just be like, okay, I'm going to go somewhere else or I'll start my own thing. This company is kind of yahoos. They're not really that serious about the work. And you don't want the ones that are your all-stars leaving for those reasons. You want just people, you never have everyone being awesome. Like you won't have A++ players all across the board. You have variations and that's okay. Everyone has their strengths. Everyone has their weaknesses. So someone may be really great lash artist, but maybe not so good socially, but good enough, right? And then that person will be amazing socially, but yeah, just okay lash artist, good enough, and does good work, but is you know, not embarrassing anything. So you have your strengths and your weaknesses, but you can't have that person who's just like a zero, like zero personality, zero ability with lashes, zero ability to get along with other team members. All those, when you get like a zero... That's when you have to be smart enough to, and when you're hiring to you bypass it or once you do hire it, say, you know, I'm sorry. I really like you. This isn't working out. I really want you to succeed in life, so I'm going to let you go. And maybe you can come up with a period say, hey, but I'm not going to just drop you cold turkey. I know you're trying. But maybe you say, hey, I'll give you like 30 days to start looking for that next job. You can keep working here. And if you find a job before that, you can leave, obviously. Or maybe if you can help even longer. Or if you have the money, give them a little severance and say, look, now I'm giving you two months pay. 
let you go. Go find a job. Hopefully that two months will give you enough time to be able to transition to that new position because I really want you to succeed. So anyway, there's a couple thoughts on that. So five enemies of unity. Hopefully you can take that home. Think about it. Take notes on it. Go reflect on your own. Think about what are you doing right now, all right? Are you, do you have good communication in your company? Are you really being purposeful? You, do you have systems set up to make sure you're talking to, to your team regularly, daily, weekly? Do you have a shared purpose? And do you share that purpose? Like, you may already have it. Like, oh, yeah, we mentioned it three years ago. You need to mention that like every team meeting. Hey, guys, what are we about? What are we trying to accomplish? Are you allowing gossip? Go back and really be honest. If you see gossip, you hear gossip, then you need to start changing the culture and get your leadership and your other people on board. And, or if it's just a couple of people, just let them know, hey, guys, I'm no longer going to do that because I did at one point. I was... It was kind of unintentional, not thinking, but someone asked me a simple question that I would just answer and go, oh, wait, that was like a backwards gossip because it asked me about someone's, what do you think of this person's ability? I'm like, well, they need to work a little bit better on their lashes, but you know, they're doing okay. Well, guess what? That was gossip because it would get back to the person and say, oh, Paul thinks you're not that good at lashing. And all of a sudden, oh my gosh, drama. So you need to make sure you're not doing that. And then also you need to make sure, even right now, just go through, do I have any disagreements in my company? Because you do right now, make note of it and schedule a date, sit down with that person. Say, you know what? You and me need to work this out because I really like you. I know we're on the same team. We're trying to accomplish our goals together, but we need to make sure we don't have these disagreements just dragging out forever. And lastly, if you have anyone on your team that's just plan out incompetent, start thinking of a plan. You're one to train them up and find to fix that problem. Or if that's not going to work, then you need to find an exit plan that lets them go nicely, lovingly, and it shows a way that you care and let them find maybe a better career path that's more suited for them. All right, guys, that's all I have for you. Hopefully that was helpful and all that. So remember, please go on to uh, our Apple podcast and write that five-star review and then send a photocopy or a screenshot photocopy like yeah get your copy right now please and photocopy it your phone and then send it via post peel box no no just screenshot an email to paul at lastcastpodcast.com and we'll go from there otherwise guys i you can if you can please follow us on our instagram pages at lastcastpodcast and at the last conference and remember to subscribe share and review and otherwise guys thank you so much hopefully you're liking what we're doing as we try to mix it up we're trying to evolve as a you know podcast company not a company but with our podcast episodes hopefully you're getting better served please by the way reach out to us let us know things that you want us to cover i literally have about a hundred things i could talk about but i want to talk about things that you want to learn about or and then i will once we'll have episodes like this where i'm just going to tell you stuff way i think things you need to know but we also definitely want to hear topics and ideas that you want to talk about otherwise hopefully we will see you guys again very soon <laughs>